This is Jason Pritchard of Pinnacle Investments. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? This week, we've got Jason Pritchard, founder of Pinnacle Investments. We go into what it's like to be in the life of an entrepreneur, how he has grown his community to over 1,300 strong through his mastermind mentality of having not only accountability, but learning how to develop the proper mindset. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help coach us through that and teach us his methods, we've got Jason Pritchard, the owner and founder of Pinnacle Investments, LLC. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you giving me a platform to share, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, providing value to your audience. Man. Absolutely. Hey, I always like to start out with what are the best ways that any audience member out there today, if they've gotten value out of this, what are the best ways that they can digest your material and find you, whether it's through social media, email, phone number, where can they go to find you? Social media is probably the easiest way. It's just my name, Jason Pritchard, and either Facebook or Instagram. I try to stay pretty active on both. I put different types of content out on, on both of those platforms. So you could you know, digest the stuff that I'm putting out, just send me a direct message and I'm always responding. It's me personally responding on there. So I would say that'd be the best way to do it. Awesome. That's great to know that it's not a bot or it's someone that just yeah. like, you know, pretends to be the, yeah, uh, the real estate investor formerly known as Jason Pritchard. So, all right, let's get into this right now. You know, in today's world, the availability to learn and have access to so many different people has really changed over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, we learned from textbooks and the teachers that were around us. And eventually it became our friends and the people that we worked with, but really we could only get a sliver of what our potential really could be. How has your learning changed from your early years to today? That's a good question. And I think for me, it's, uh, I had a typical experience, I guess, from a lot of people. I, I had both parents were college educated and Education, going to school, going to college, graduating from college was a very, very big deal. And it was something that was kind of programmed into me at a very early age. I always did well in school, but it just wasn't for me. I knew that it wasn't. And so I always got good grades. Getting good grades was not a hard thing. And a lot of it had to do with wanting to please my parents. And so I did really well. I ended up going to school here locally in, in my area of Fresno. And um, I kind of went off again, on again, because once I graduated high school, it was hard because I made the realization that not only do I got to pay to be here, but I don't even really want to be here. And I'm not doing anything that I really wanted to do. I didn't really know what my niche was back then. And so I was just taking classes just for the sake of taking classes. And I kind of got off track and dabbled in the corporate world. And that's where I spent kind of my first 15 professional years, if you will, uh, before I got into real estate in corporate America. All right. So, I mean, so once you decided, what was the moment when you, you're like, Hey, I'm going to get out of corporate America and I need to, 
changed my thinking, changed my process, changed what I do. What did you do? Like, what was that tipping point? So for me, the tipping point was I'd always been in sales and management through college. And after I graduated college, I worked in sales management jobs. I worked for a large technology retailer and we did outside sales. And I, I, I had a knack for sales and really good people skills and just interpersonal communication skills at a young age. And I climbed the ladder pretty quickly there. So at a young age, I started in sales. I moved into management. I was climbing that management ladder. And I did that for eight or nine years at that first company. And I just got really burned out. The money was really good. And that's kind of how they sucked me into that rat race, I think, initially. And then I just realized that my heart wasn't in it. I didn't, it didn't matter to me how many you know, technology products or solutions that we sold. I just knew that I didn't see myself doing that long term. So I spent about eight or nine years at that first company. And then in my late 20s, I transitioned to another company thinking that, hey, if I move over to a different corporation, things may be different. And I just went through that same cycle basically all over again. I lived the entire thing all over again, started from the bottom, worked my way up, climbed the ladder. And I reached this point where I was in my mid to early 30s. And I just realized that if I didn't do something different, I was going to be stuck doing that same type of job for the rest of my life. And it was just all of these different series of events that uh, kind of put me in that back against your wall type moment where I felt like, hey, this is it. And if I don't do it now, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And I took a leap of faith and I'd always been drawn to real estate ever since I was a younger kid. And I just said, jobs will always be here for me. I didn't burn any bridges at any of the places that I was at. And I decided to just, you know, take that leap of faith. And that was almost six years ago now to the day that it happened. And uh, I haven't looked back since. So that 15 years, the location wasn't the destination for where your mindset really needed to be to thrive in what you're doing today. It was, it was, it was, it was a hurdle. It was a wall. And once you got over that, you found out that you were able to thrive through that. That's, that's. Yeah. And, and it was, it was weird because I looked back and it was so, some of those years, especially towards the end were so hard because you're, you, you know, it's just, getting up and working at a place where you don't like it, you don't necessarily like or respect the people that you're working with, your heart's not in it, you don't see a future, that's not easy to do, man. And it can get very, very uh, challenging, especially as it, um, you know, as it starts to wear on. But I did learn a lot. I learned a lot that I'm applying towards my business now. So I'm kind of, I am grateful for that time that I spent there. And you know, you look back and things always happen for a reason. And that timing just happened to be right when I, when I made that transition in my early thirties. So yeah, it worked out for the best. Brilliant. All right. You know, today we've got more ways to take in information than ever before. And it's actually becoming a little more confusing. Some people look for a mentor, others look for accountability partners, masterminds. They take online courses. There's a lot of ways to really learn right now. Who are you currently learning from and how did you end up finding them? So when I first got into the business, I was 100% self-taught. So it was a combination of listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, and going to local networking events. It was literally those three things. I was making over six figures at both of the companies that I was working at. And I quit both. I quit that job to work in real estate full time. And so I I basically walked away from all that income that I had. So I didn't really have a safety net and I didn't have a lot of money to invest initially at the beginning. So I was basically just bootstrapping everything when I started out. And so 
I look to um, a lot of real estate podcasts initially at the beginning. There's a, a website called Bigger Pockets. That's a really, really good resource. I look to a gentleman by the name of Sean Terry who had a really good real estate podcast and he still does right now on how to find off market properties. And I basically taught myself by taking the information in, not being afraid to take action. And then when I would get stuck, I leverage networking and local meetup groups and local relationships that I was able to make with real estate investors to kind of shortcut the gaps and the problems and the hurdles that I was facing. And so it was kind of a mix of all of those three things at the beginning. Have you ever ended up reaching out to any of those people on Bigger Pockets or any of those places where you started learning from and asked for advice and, and got something returned that you could share like, hey, by taking this leap of faith and actually asking someone what you got in return? That's absolutely how I started. And so Bigger Pockets was such a good resource, not just the podcast, but the forums there, because you can go in and you can drill down even directly to like your local market. And you can see all of the investors that are active in your market. And then you can sort them by people that are active users on the website itself. And I just got outside of my comfort zone at the beginning. And that's something that I've never been afraid to do is I'm not afraid to take action. I'm not afraid to take the first step. And I would just basically blind message every single person that I could on there and just say, hey, listen, my name's Jason. I'm new to the business. I'm interested in, in uh, you know, and sitting, sitting down and maybe seeing how I can add value to you and finding out if there's any synergies and, and, and how our businesses overlap. And uh, you'd be surprised how many people will respond, you know, and you'd be surprised how the majority of those responses are all very positive in nature. Not everything led to like long-term relationships, but I was able to pull nuggets out of every single one of those conversations. And some of them did lead to, uh, you know, long-term relationships that are still very important to me to this day that I still have. I think that's one of the, a big takeaway right there is actually utilizing a little bit of social media through bigger pockets and however that is. And if someone says no, or doesn't respond to you, it's, it's no reflection upon you. But yes, by, it's nothing to take personal. That's because no. you never know what that other person is doing on the other end. You never know how busy they are, or how many fires they're putting out. So if you don't get a message right away or it takes or whatever, you can't take that type of stuff personally at all. Yeah. We ju you just kind of mentioned on something that I wanted to ask you. A lot of people right now and in the past, they get stuck and they don't know how to execute what's inside of their head. I found that there's a lot of ways to get unstuck, but sometimes I actually have no idea how to get out of my own way. I can't get out of the bushes. I can't see the sun through the, you know, through the bushes. How have, whether it's, masterminds, mentorship, how have they helped you when you need to execute a new idea and you need help with that? I think it's, it's a couple of different things. Number one, one of the biggest things that I get out of my local mastermind groups and the relationships, the individual relationships that have come from those is accountability. And so when you're around other high performing people, not only are they going to help shortcut your learning curve and help you come up with ideas or process your ideas maybe in a faster time frame or more efficiently, but they're also going to serve as accountability partners. So you can't go to this group of people and get up in front of them and say, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then when you come back, you haven't done those things because eventually you're not going to be like, welcome back in that group anymore, right? Because if everybody, everybody is, is wired a certain way, at least the people that I want to be around with, we're wired for progression, we're wired to do the things that we say we're going to do. And so I think the accountability, having accountability partners is a big deal. So it's saying you're going to do something and then knowing that, hey, if I say this, I've got to come back and follow up and, and, and talk about my results the next time we get together. 
Now, when you're in those types of group settings, is there a format that you've seen that has worked best and other formats where you're like, hey, this really doesn't fit what I'm looking for, but what, what's really the best format that you've seen that has made you successful in the, the large group that you've been able to create? Yeah, so I think it, it, it all depends on the group and the dynamic of the people that are there. So some of some of the groups that I've been to, it's it's genuinely just, a, you know, more of like a free flowing conversation. We get together for lunch on a regular basis and we'll sit down and it's maybe it's it's not as accessible to, you know, as many new people because you try to keep, you know, just high level people and smaller eight to 10 people in the group. And it's more you know, we sit down and have free-flowing conversation about different things that we're working on, right? So there's less structure and more just about the actual relationships and what you've got going on. With my particular group, there's a structured topic every single time we meet, right? So there's a specific topic, there's specific things that we're going to cover, there's Q&A associated with that, there's tangible things that you can take away from whatever it is that we're going to talk about, and then go out and execute. And then, you know, myself, the, uh, you know, and then the other group members are there to, uh, you know, to, uh, to be able to provide feedback, you know, for the people that go out and actually want to get that. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. So, you know, masterminds have been around for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the history of it, but I mean, it originally started with the apostles from there. Eventually Benjamin Franklin created something called, uh, the Junto club, which was the leather apron club. Hmm. and eventually Napoleon Hill writes about it. Okay. So obviously masterminds aren't a new concept whatsoever, but they've really seen a huge boom since self-education is really growing with our access to people over the last several years. Where do you really see masterminds, self-education, self-learning growing going forward? Um, I think that it's going to continue to be a topic of discussion that continues to be more prevalent. I think my first exposure to it was reading Think and Grow Rich. I had never heard the term mastermind until I read that book. And I read that book very early on in my journey. I was, uh, it was something that was recommended to me. And there was a whole chapter in the book about masterminds. And that's a big part of Napoleon Hill's content that he puts out. And I agree with you 100%. As I, I think as more people continue to look for other alternatives besides like formal education, college, and the things that I think society has taught us, like, hey, here's kind of the path that you're supposed to go down. And they look into other options uh, where it's self-improvement, self-education, whatever it is that you want to call it. That plays such a big piece of it. I think it's one of those foundational elements. And so I think it's just going to become more and more prevalent. And so I would say that you know, if it's, it's the vetting process and making sure you're getting into something where the people there are legitimate, I think is important, especially for the new people. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I think if, if what has happened in the world as recently has taught us anything that self-education is only going to become bigger. I mean, it's currently a $50 billion a year industry. And I think more people are going to want to have control over what they do, when they do, how they do it. And the impact, I think that's the big one is the impact that you can make not only on your own family, but then on your local community is really what is that give back and what is your reason for doing it? Now, typically when someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what they're going to get into. We're able to have some form of expectation of the type of people that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And you, you also know what the topic of the room is going to be. 
what should people expect when they enter your world on what you're building? Because I mean, I think you've got just over 1300 people that currently follow the method of what you're doing. And you have a really large following on a monthly basis that show up. So what can they expect? Really go deep into that. Yeah, I think for for my group, I tried to uh, set up and provide value for the people that basically plugging the gaps for what I saw was not available when I was first getting into the business. Hopefully that makes sense. So like when I first started in real estate investing, there were local real estate investors groups. Some of them were more attended than others, but generally what I saw was it was the same eight to 12 people showing up every single time, sitting around a table, talking about the same thing. There wasn't really access to high level investors that could give them more advanced strategies, as well as just talking about how you can start from the beginning and go all the way. It was just basically the same group of people over and over and over again, and it became frustrating for me. And so what I wanted to create when I started my group almost a year and a half, two years ago, was something where we could, I personally could provide a structured topic that was very well thought out. You could tell that there was a lot of energy and effort put into the content that was being presented with the goal of trying to get as many people in the room as possible. One of the things that I saw was lacking was that was whoever was putting on those meetups, the ones that I would go to at the beginning, you know, they just get up and just kind of shoot from the hip. There was no, you know, presentation. There was no anything. It was just kind of them talking for 15, 20 minutes. And then, you know, the same eight people networking for half an hour and then that was it. And so for me, I felt like, Hey, if I just give away, all of the good stuff that I'm doing, right? Like here's everything that I'm doing to get deals. Here's everything that I've done to build my business. Here's what people think is like the magic kind of secret sauce. I'm just gonna, every month I'll just discuss and peel back another layer of how my business runs. We'll get more and more people attending, we'll grow the group and in, and in turn, if we can all get 100, 150 people in a room every single month, there's just gonna be so much synergy that will happen just by kind of approaching it with that go-giver mentality and just saying like, here's everything, there's no secret. Cause it really just, it generally wasn't a secret. I think for me, all the stuff was stuff that I just kind of figured out on my own or with other people or found on the internet. So I said, let's just give this all away. And then you guys can take it and run with it. And then let's see what happens when we get everybody together in a room. And that's just kind of how we built it. Yeah. I mean, that that's the give mentality. And yeah. I can tell you personally, I've seen so much more of that happening over the last several years. And I think it, it was it was always there, but you have to be looking for it. You have to know what to look for is right. the give mentality. And if you're looking what you can get out of it, you probably aren't in it for the right reason on there. That's correct. What, what type of the, the level of experience when it comes to real estate professionals, investors, what's the level of experience that people typically are in your group? It ranges. It ranges from people that are brand new, uh, that were like me, that were kind of, you know, like standing on that tipping point of like, hey, do I make the leap or not? I've never done a deal. I don't know anything about real estate. I just want to find out more about how this works. All the way to, you know, you've got people like me in there that are doing 60 deals a year and own a, you know, a relatively large rental portfolio. We've got guys that are top of the food chain that have done thousands and thousands of properties and everything in between. And so, I've just tried my best to, I think people see me just giving and giving and giving so much that other people that I've made relationships see like, hey, listen, we're not giving out anything proprietary. We're just basically talking about what we're going to do and how we do our business. And it's going to be up to the people in the room if they want to go out there and execute. 
And if they're willing to go through all the hoops and jump through all the things that's required to be successful, I want to feel like I've had a little bit of a, a piece in their success, right? And that always leads to some type of future business. That's been proven to me over and over and over again. Like the people that are going to do it, they're going to figure out whether they like get help from me or not. That's how successful people are wired. I found, you know what I mean? Like they're going to, they're going to get through that wall one way or another. And if I can have just a little bit of a positive impact on them, that's going to create opportunities for us some shape or form down the road. And that's, that's just how we've done it. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. That, that really leads into what I w- wanted to get ready to ask you, which was, you know, I, yeah. people have a way of surprising us due to their willingness and drive just to learn. Uh, the rooms that you're putting together are in essence kind of hand selected. I'm sure some people kind of slip in there. Has anyone that's been to one of your events, whether, you know, whether you want to call it a, a mastermind, a meetup, whatever it is, have they surprised you with what they've been able to accomplish and what was really the outcome of that? I get surprised all the time. And one of the things that, again, it, it goes back to having that go-giver mentality is knowing and understanding that whatever you put out is always going to come back. And it usually comes back five or tenfold compared to what you're putting out, right? So if I'm giving a lot, what I have found is that the deals just end up, projects end up just coming back to me just organically without anything, right? And so there can be people where, you know, they may not have talk to me on a one-to-one level. Cause I, I, if I go and we get an average of about 125 people every single month, right. And I try to make myself available for everybody that's there. But unfortunately, you know, there's, you know, some people have to leave earlier. There's not always time for us to connect personally. Right. And I'll just get calls or random messages on social media or different things saying like, Hey, Jason, I've gone to three of your meetups. We've never talked in person, but I've got this project. I really love what you're doing. And I'd love to be able to get an opportunity to figure out how we can work together on this in a way that's beneficial for both of us. Right. And so I'm constantly surprised by that stuff. I'm surprised by the people that, you know, that are kind of the quiet ones that are just kind of sitting in the back and they don't say a lot. I'm different. I've never been afraid to get up and stand in front of the group and say what I'm looking for. And so I think it was easier for me to kind of get out front, but you get a lot of people that, you know, you're not expecting it because they don't, you know, show that emotion and share what they're wanting to do. And those people are people I've done a lot of deals with or that are highly successful now in their own right on their, in their own ventures. So a lot of good surprises. Yeah. You know, you would think in sales that you're always going to have that boisterous person such as yourself or myself, Yeah. but really it's a lot of the time it's the, the, the quiet, closet listeners that aren't saying much, they're just taking in the information. And when it's time that they maybe can talk to you on the side, that's where they stand up and they're like, Hey, you know, and and maybe they're looking for you from the standpoint of a coach, a mentor, whatever that is. So yeah. 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 And I think accessibility, it's important for the leaders to make themselves accessible. That was another thing that wasn't necessarily available right at the beginning. I think there's always some kind of skepticism and that's why new people are turned off, right? Because you see so many new faces and I make myself, you know, maybe more accessible sometimes than I should. I think, you know, people will come, I'll respond right away. I'll give them answer whatever questions I can. And I think that really helps them feel like they're not going at it alone and it helps get them to open up and be a little bit more comfortable sharing and wanting to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about success, I was working with one of my coaches the other day and we were talking about what it takes to create success, mentorship, willingness to fail, experimentation, partnerships, which is really huge. And we kind of came to a stopping point. And one of the things that I said is willingness to succeed. 
and we both paused right there with with how sensitive we are today on on social media i feel sometimes we're actually afraid to succeed what does it take to be willing to get over that hump if 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 you're able to get through all those other fears but being willing to accept success and then pass it along it's that's that's a very difficult one and it's one that i struggle with even sometimes too because I have the mentality that when I see somebody successful, it motivates me and I'm happy for them. And I want to see that person win even more. Right. And so I, I, I actually, it's easier for me to share other people's wins than it is sometimes for me to share my own. But I've, I've just learned that over the years, I've got so much positive feedback when I, when I share my story and what I've grown from and how I started into where we are now. For me, what helped was hearing the feedback from the people that just said, listen, man, your story's so motivating. When you post about how you did this, it really keeps me excited and energized and engaged to keep going. And, you know, the, the small percentage of people that are going to be angry and upset about it, you've just got to learn not to let that bother you. You've got to learn that whatever it is that they're feeling inside, it's, it has to do with them, not about you. You know what I mean? And it's because they have an issue internally. And so um, I think beyond just the positive feedback and motivation, it's the opportunity that it brings too. Because I think not only do people get motivated from seeing your wins, but it, it generates more opportunities because people want to be associated with people that are winning. And if, if you're establishing a track record by documenting all the things that you're doing and sharing those success stories, more people want to reach out. So I get lenders that are interested in lending on my projects and my properties because they see everything that I'm doing. I get more joint venture opportunities. I get sellers that reach out that want to sell their properties because they see what we're doing. So it's a, it's a combination, I would say, of both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the part where you kind of ended right there, which is the partnerships, the joint ventures with people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough to be an entrepreneur and go at it alone. It's a very lonely world. But once you can start partnering, I always sit there and say this, I'd rather have 5% of something than 100% of nothing That's at right. the end of the day. That's right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So as we're getting ready to kind of bring this to a close, you know, I always like to ask, there's new ideas brewing all the time, especially in prosperity, okay? But I think a lot of innovation and ingenuity comes out of times when we actually feel in the squeeze. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that really excites you? Um, one of the things that I've, I've got in the works right now is I've I've done a good job of building the, the foundation for kind of like, uh, for the lack of a better word, more of this entry level kind of group where you can come in, you can get exposed to what you're doing. You have all of these free resources, all of this free content. One of the things that I've learned from doing that is when you've made yourself, I, I don't want to say too accessible, but when you try to answer everybody's thing and be this, be something for every single person that reaches out to you, there's just not enough time in the day to maybe dive deeper with the ones that really want to go next level with you because you can't run the other businesses and ventures and different things that you've got going on. And so we're in the works of developing some higher level stuff, some higher level training for um, some of the people here locally that, uh, you know, that want to, you know, maybe go that next level and do maybe more of like a formal mentorship and coaching. And so I would say that's probably, you know, nine to 12 months down the road, the seeds of that are just getting planted. And, um, yeah, I would say that's it. I think, um, you know, there's, there's the, the meetup for people like me that are self-starters that can just go and take the information and run with it on their own and figure it out. And then we're going to offer something else for, for people that maybe want 
maybe more of that one-on-one coaching and accountability uh, that some people require in order to get over the hump. Love it. I look forward to hearing more about that as time goes on. All right. One last one. Is there any tip trick or something that you've learned in the last 60 to 90 days that if you passed it along to someone, it would help get them to the front of the line a little bit faster than what they're looking to do? I think that it's regardless, I'm in real estate. I know you and I have talked, you're in insurance, regardless of whatever industry or business or, or entrepreneurship venture that you're trying to get into. What I've personally learned is the thing that's even more important or as important or more than just being a great operator in your field is learning how to cultivate and develop the proper mindset every single day. Because if your head isn't screwed on straight every single day and you don't learn how to overcome the highs and the lows that come along with running and operating your business or multiple businesses, it can be really hard to get to where you want to go. And so I think it's just continuing to invest in the time and world-class habits and behaviors on a daily basis that help you to, to really just get to that self-mastery level. So when you can just, when your body's telling you you don't want to do something and you're finding every excuse in the book to not do it, you can still sit down and actually get it done. And I think that I spend more time working on that than I do like learning how to do real estate deals. You know what I mean? And I do that more than anybody I know. And there's times where I still struggle with it. So I, I know that it's a, it's a very, very important piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's how we reinvest in ourselves is the outcome that it can have. You might not be reinvesting personally in in the real estate side of things, but you're reinvesting in yourself to be able to have that financial outcome over there. And I I appreciate it. I I learned a lot just in, in, you know, what you've got going on. We've got Jason Pritchard, founder of Pinnacle Investments. He's got over 1,300 strong people in his group, and he's got a new project coming out in the next nine to 12 months that... I'm excited to hear more about when that's here. Jason, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brandon. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.